back to another Dad You podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Sherrod, uh, your host, and my partner in crime with me again today is John McGee. And uh, John, welcome back. Thank you, brother. Good to be back. So last time we had you on here, we had a pretty light, fun topic, which was how to have fun. Yes. Today we were going to shift and talk about something a little heavier, uh, the issue of anger. The pendulum has swung. Yes. Yes. Uh, and part of this is because we had asked the dads who came to the um, the Dad You study that we did, hey, give us a bunch of ideas yeah. for topics that you want to hear on the podcast. And one of the biggest ones was discipline, which we're going to cover. Uh, but I, I think second place was anger, anger management. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of dads realize or a lot of men realize that um, that's a struggle and they don't want to be an angry dad. I know Luke Friesen recently was talking about, which still has convicted me, when my kids look back, what are they going to say? Exactly my right. dad was great, but, and then what are they going to fill in there? But he was, you know, angry or he was aloof or he was not engaged or he, you know what I mean? Yeah. What is that going to be? And I, I feel like for me, it might be that. Like, but man, sometimes he got angry and I just don't want that to be my legacy. But I think that's what a lot of these dads are saying. Like, I, I need help in this area. So... Yeah. The, the verse that always comes to mind for me is in uh, James 1, uh, verses 19 and 20, that says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. And so just, again, there's a reason why it reminds you, like, you need to slow down, you need to just don't talk right away, think a little bit, listen, and then you need to be slow to get angry. Yeah. And then just a reminder... There is an anger that just it doesn't produce righteousness. So, what are your thoughts, brother? I've got a lot of them, okay. but I, I think it's a great place to start. Hey, if you're a, a human, <laughs> right, raising other humans, little humans yep. who can't, who make a lot of messes and aren't as grateful as they should be, and uh, haven't processed lots of things, um, you're probably going to be angry. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I think it's interesting. Just just be comforted that. Uh, that was one of the things that bubbled up to the surface. So one per one guy wrote that in, going, "I wonder if I'm the only one." And you're just not. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're not. And uh, and I love I love that uh, that phrase. We told our kids, uh, uh, you know, that that phrase exactly. Growing up, hey, this is how this is gonna go. You're gonna love. You're gonna love us. And then you're gonna go. You you will be at a dinner table with some adult friends someday and say, um, "My my parents were great." But yeah, and uh, yeah. and so we always told them it's like, hey, we can, you know, of course, to little kids this is really funny. But I said, hey, we, you can always talk about our butts uh, to our face. You know? <laughs> right. and so, uh, so they always giggled and thought. But we didn't. We never wanted them to think that we were trying to pretend that we are perfect or somehow, you know, convince them that they shouldn't, you know, uh, be seeing what was really going mm -hmm. on or pretend like it was okay. We wanted, uh, we wanted to own yep. uh, our faults, and that's that might be the secret to being a great parent. Is just asking forgiveness a lot and, uh, and modeling that never excusing it, uh, never making it a habitual patterns, but just when, when you blow it, yep. being really, really quick to get the log out of your own eye, um, and just ask repentance. So yeah, Chris, I, I think, yeah, that's a great passage. James one nineteen, uh, Proverbs 29, uh, 11 is one I think a lot about that the fool gives vent to his anger. Mm -hmm. The foolish man just presses play on the emotions he has in his heart. Yeah. And um, invents and just lets it lets it out, and um, so I think about you know, so marriage is probably the thing that I've read the most about, and um, and there's this some research that you know I remember looking at years ago would absolutely apply in this situation that when someone uh, a counselor might call that escalates when someone just yells um, they would say I'm going to get it off my chest mm -hmm. those kinds of things 
what's really interesting is that the person who says that, at least in that moment, feels a little bit better. Like you could actually, if you could kind of put that on a scale of one to 10, they feel, uh, you know, it's about one to two points uh, better. Yeah. On the receiving end, uh, they feel three points less. Mm-hmm. So you're net net, you're down. Uh, and then here's what's also interesting is that the person who said the, the hurtful, angry things, they forget that. And the people that are on the receiving end always remember it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, you're going to forget it by the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, whatever. And literally, uh, they could carry this for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so the stakes are really, really high on this. You know, th- um, those moments when you're angry, wh- wh- whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, something they did, you know, put a baseball through the windshield or, you know, or something breaks, it's not their fault, but they just happen to be in the, in the moment. Th- those moments are very, very different than just playing Legos and watching cartoons yeah. uh, with the kids. Uh, the stakes are really, really high on that. So I, th- I do think that's part of the, this whole discussion is just remembering how high the stakes are. And most people can remember way back to their childhood being yelled at either by a parent or by someone else. Do you have Do you have any of those? Like, can you remember? I think, well, I think we're, of, we're getting old. Yep. Can you remember any? I remember yeah. when I was in elementary school, my soccer coach yelling at me. And okay. and I was just kind of standing around or something, but in front of everyone he yelled and yep. then called called me out on specifically, and I just felt embarrassed. And um, and again, I, I do remember him yelling a lot at all yeah. the players, but <laughs> me specifically in that moment, I felt yeah. humiliated and yeah. a little scared of like, yeah. man, he's, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you think he remembers that? No, not at all. There's I'm sure. Zero, there's exactly zero chance, right. uh, Chris. And uh, and so I think that just know, you, you should know uh, in these moments, with, we should probably talk about how to kind of get out of them. But I think just to realize just how high the stakes are mm-hmm. is really important. Uh, also to remember what it might be like to be on the receiving end of that. Think, And I'm talking about uh, just physical stature, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I'm, you know, 6'3". I'm sure there were times my kids were three feet tall. So I'm literally twice as tall mm-hmm. uh, as, as they are and way, way outweigh them, right? So imagine for me now as an adult having a... 12 foot six ginormous uh-huh. man who would probably weigh, you know, 600 pounds angry at me. Yeah. Just how terrifying yeah, that would so be. To, and I'm an, I'm an adult, you <laughs> right. know, I, I know where I go when I'm die. I've, I've lived a good life. Like if it's, you know, if it's time to go, it's time to go. But still think about how terrifying. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. And then you think about for a kid, um, you're twice as big, sometimes even more. You're supposed to be the source of security. And what that would be like to be on the receiving end of, of, of wrath, uh, it's a pretty scary yeah, place to be. And when, I think if you, could, if you could sit in their shoes, I think it would really keep us from uh, just venting yep. our, our anger. So uh, so a couple of thoughts. Number one, uh, never discipline out of anger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and boy, do we want to. Right. They did something they shouldn't have done. They know that you've talked about it one million times. And yet again, they did it, yep. you know, and you just want to lose your marbles and let them have it. And, and you say and, things like that. How many times have I, and like you okay. highlight it, like you're bringing it up. Like, this is my reason. How many times have I had to talk about this? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, like send them to their room uh-huh. and manage your emotions. Yeah. Manage your emotions. We should probably talk about that a little bit more, but uh, never, never discipline. Uh, out of anger, never discipline. And I think the reason that's so important for me is there's such a wide gap between what I'm feeling like doing and what I should do at that <laughs> moment. Like my feelings are like, oh my goodness, scary. Yeah. And so yeah. what you're saying is 
yeah. yeah. Pause okay. and manage those. And so I think uh, we should probably just talk about this for a second. Just understanding how emotions work and, you know, um, what's going on. Let, I'm not a, listen, I am not a neurobiologist, but there is something going on at the neurological, you know, level. And so there's a, there's a, uh, a phenomenon. It's called the amygdala hijack. And I'm so not qualified to talk about this, but here, here's the basics of how it works. Uh, yeah. Some, some brain surgeon is rolling his <laughs> eyes right now, but um, you think about information coming in from your neck, kind of the back of the, the base uh, of your brain, this, this amygdala um, and, and situations, information comes in there and works its way all the way to the front if things are working as they should. The front is where you actually do your long-term thinking. This is where you do the math. I'm going to say something. Hmm. I wonder how that's going to hit. I wonder if I'm going to regret it. I wonder if this will be helpful or not. The back is, you know, this fight, flight, or freeze. Immediate response. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so that's where, which is actually really helpful. If you were in uh, Alaska being chased by a bear, you know, you, you probably don't need to be wondering, <laughs> golly, I wonder the, the Christmas this year, what would my wife want? Right. What would be a really, that's, those are not helpful. Yep. It's just run, yeah. you know, <laughs> just get out yeah. of there. That's the only thing you should be thinking about. And so that's helpful when you're chased by a bear. It's not helpful when you're disciplining uh, a little child yep. because, or any, talking to any person, honestly, because you want to be doing long-term thinking. Yep. You want to use all that God has given you. And, uh, and a lot of times we short circuit, lots of reasons for that, but you actually can retrain uh, your brain mm -hmm. and you can just calm down. Uh, you can remember, hey, you know what? God loves this kid more than I do. I want to tap into the love that God has for my kid. I want to love them the way God does. I want to be helpful and not hurtful here. Um, this will, pr you know, this too shall pass. Yeah. Like, this is going to be okay. You know, just all those things. And it will literally, the, the rest of your brain can kind of uh, light up. Or you just wait until, just say, hey, go to your room and uh, I'll come talk to you. And you wait till you're literally in your right mind. Yeah. But do not, do not uh, discipline out of anger. Um, do not say the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, wait till you're really uh, under control and you're back. You know, you actually experience the the joy of being a parent, yeah. the joy of the Lord. They, these kids are a blessing. So, uh, so that would be some of the things that um, that I don't want you to know. And I, I think that something that was really helpful for me is to understand what it was that I was angry about. Yes. Do you, well, do you even have any ask yourself on that? that question. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the funny thing now is three of my sons are fathers. Yeah. And I, I think just over time, you you chill in so many ways where you realize this is not that big a deal. Like literally, because you're talking about no use crying over spilled milk. But man, at that moment when you're in the restaurant and you you just you're going to church afterwards or whatever, yes. and you they yes. got the new clothes on and they spill it. In that moment, you just feel like this is the issue. Yes. And now I just kind of go, you know. Everything can be washed. Everything can be cleaned up. Like broken things can be replaced. Like it's not. And so even me trying to think of how I can remind my kids that like yeah. it's going to be okay. And you yeah. really do. You just begin to learn like, okay, that wasn't that big a deal. Even though at the moment and like what you're saying is you've got the that's like that proverb, the full vent of your anger um, or we think of being blinded by rage or whatever. Yeah, that's it. At that that's moment. It. That's exactly right. So just to be able to calm down and go, okay, this is not that big a deal. Yes. And I think. What's interesting, I heard someone say one time, the truth is you can control yourself. Mm -hmm. If your boss makes you mad, 100%. You can control your anger. Like you are not going to fly off of the handle and yell at him and say what you really might be thinking, which is evidence. Like, okay, you actually can when you want to. It's just at this moment, you have the power and maybe no one's around or you feel justified. And so you can never say, 
you know, I just had to, or you made me. It's like, no, you let it yeah. happen. There's another proverb since you mentioned that, um, Proverbs 16, 32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Yeah. And yeah. so just learning to control your anger is better than being this big warrior. Like that Absolutely. says so much about who you Absolutely. really are. Absolutely. Well, man, I love so many of those things. So one, you can control it. So imagine, you know, you said your boss, you could actually do that also in real time. We're not talking about a future date. You could literally, you know, if I was angry at a kid, let's say I was yelling at him and all that kind of stuff. And you called me, Chris, uh -huh. I would answer in that moment while I'm, you know, blind rage, I would go, Hey, Chris, what's up? Yes, like so I would, I would toggle immediately. Right. Right. And so just imagine mm -hmm. that whatever that is, it's your boss, it's your friend. Yeah. Because you absolutely would. You would answer the phone that way. Just answer the phone, answer that situation with your kids. So back to the restaurant we talked about, mm -hmm. you know, spilt milk, things like that. I think it's helpful to know step A, a I can control my emotions, but B, what am I what am I angry about here? Yeah. Okay. So in that instance, it's probably one or two things, which is a pretty, uh, pretty good setup for just about everything else in parenting. Uh, number one, it's going to be uh, inconvenient. Yeah, like this is this is now a big hassle yeah. to me. That's really what I'm angry about. I'm not angry at them. It's just the situation now is inconvenient, and so our plans I, are I, messed I, up. Right. Right. <clears throat> yep. uh, or two, and this is a really, really big one, guys. If you're listening, I'm embarrassed. Yep. I'm embarrassed. Oh, yeah. I've seen so many dad's discipline out of anger or just be angry. And I go, yeah, you're not even mad about, honestly, about that thing. You're mad about the way that you perceive people now will view yep. you. And this is fun. This has become fundamentally about you, which it should never, it should never be um, because you're literally the adult. You're the protector. You're the provider. You're the safe place in the relationship with the kids. And a lot of times your kids will embarrass you because of, I mean, a just foolishness, but, or sometimes they just you know, they throw a giant temper tantrum or whatever it is. And you're not mad at the temper tantrum. You're mad at what people in the grocery store are going, you're a terrible parent. Yep. And now you feel, you know, weird shame and things like that. So I think if you can understand that, uh, I think too, for me, it was helpful to understand, was this willful disobedience Yes. or was it something else? So one would be foolishness. Uh -huh. You're just like, you know what, this wasn't premeditated. I'm just, I'm still trying to figure this out. Childishness, it would be, I just lack the wisdom to know exactly what the thing to say. I walked into a room full of adults and I blurted out something uh -huh. and I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. I don't, I don't even know yet. That's a bad idea, yeah. you know, but to me as an adult, or that, that was like, if a, a child was speaking, me as well, I go, what are you, what's your problem? Well, they're not, they're, uh, they're not 40, 50 year old men. Right. These are kids trying to figure it out. So it's all it was, was just still this idea. They're still trying to kind of figure this out. And three, I, this is one I was a little slow to, to catch. They're just tired or emotionally spent, you know? And so a lot of times a kid will just have so much energy in the tank. And once it's gone, they just kind of lose their mind. And you want to think that it really is willful disobedience. And it's just fatigue. Mm -hmm. It's we, As adults, we know that it's really hard to be Christians when we're tired. Right. But it's, the same applies for kids. Yeah. And they're just, they're spent. You've drug them around all weekend long and they've just had it. And now they throw their food and they, and you just want to, they're just beat. Yep. They're beat. Give them a break, you know, and let them know that's not who they probably are and becoming. There's, of course, we need to move. To, well, you'll talk about discipline. So you'll figure it all out. <laughs> but, um, but just make sure you, that you do know, uh, no harm. And, and then Chris, one I just think about is I think all of us walk around 
I have so many thoughts about anger. Uh, one, anger oftentimes is a secondary emotion. That's a good one to, to remember. It, you, you're angry because you are something else. You are inconvenienced. You, are, you feel shame. You feel guilt. You feel uh, disrespected. And so that's actually the thing. It's not actually anger. That's, that's helpful to know. And then, you know, I, I think another time, uh, something else to know is that there's something oftentimes going on in our own hearts that makes it really easy to be uh, angry. Mm-hmm. And so not just situationally, but more fundamental and deep. And, um, you know, I would say that some of us need to go to recovery mm-hmm. or uh, abuse uh, for addictions and things like that. Because we're walking around, all of us will blow our tops at 10, you know, a scale of one to 10. And some of us are walking around at a nine and a half <laughs> because of things that have happened and we just don't have any margin for error. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen this at our church in spades, guys who are dealing with, you know, the guilt and shame of a pornography addiction mm-hmm. uh, healed, guys who have been uh, abused, sexually abused, physically abused, uh, looked over, mistreated, get healing for that. And so now that, you know, scale of one to 10, now they walk around at a five. So when their kids spill milk in a, you know, in a, uh, uh, a restaurant, they, they've got five more points to give. Mm-hmm. But if you're a nine and a half, you know, and there's, you don't even spill the whole, the whole drink. You just spill a little bit and now, now here, here it comes. And so I think it's just knowing your own soul, your own heart, um, asking God, putting yourselves in positions where you can get healing for your own, you know, anger and hurt and things like that. Well, again, if we're hurt, we're running around with a lot of hurt. It will come out as anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, we think we've got an anger problem. And we do, but it's a secondary emotion because of what's going on with our, with our own souls. And so that would be something I don't think a lot of people talk about. Yeah. They talk about how to manage the actual, uh, moments, but, um, for some of us, the best gift we can give our kids uh, is actually working on uh, working on our own souls and and recovering from some hurt or trauma or things like that have happened to us. Yep. And I think part of it, and this is going to go, this is going to sound overly maybe spiritual, but remembering my identity is yeah. so important. Even in my marriage, I know that Katie can't ruffle my feathers as much when I'm confident and I know who I am and I'm not taking everything personal. But man, if I'm not thinking clearly. It's like my kid's disobedience. I take personal. And like you said earlier, we're sinners raising sinners. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're just um, having to deal with that. But um, there's little things like I need to, this is a fruit, of, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah, that's right. That's Peace right. is a fruit of the spirit. Joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. And so it's a combination of asking God, um, please give that to me. That's going to be, you don't want to see the fruit of Chris. You need the yeah. fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Um, but then again, my identity and not taking it as uh, a personal affront on me, and I think mm-hmm. that helps me stay mm-hmm. calm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for a minute, though, because you mentioned when when you have de- deliberate disobedience, because you've got um, the James one passage saying man's anger, or you got yeah. Ephesians four saying in your anger do not sin. So uh-huh. in other words, uh-huh. it's possible to have an anger that's sure. that's righteous anger. Or I heard someone say one time, um, anger is a God given emotion that motivates us to attack a problem, not the people. Can and be, so yeah. like we're going to use it to tackle something or to address something or to to be honest about something. But I think what happens in my mind a lot of times is it's justified because of what they did. Maybe yeah. it was deliberate disobedience. Yeah. And so let's how would you talk about that? Like, what do you do when you know, like you um, did that on purpose or you knew yeah. exactly what in the world? Well, that's, doing? that's your discipline talk. I'm, I'm going to tap out. That's, <laughs> okay. uh, I want to, I want to listen to that one. But uh, I think, yeah, I, th- I think something triggers, like there is something um, righteous. Um, here's a thought we can, we can, we can keep talking about this if you want, Chris, but here's the first thought that came to mind is uh, the thing that made me the angriest 
uh, not the baseball through the window, which actually happened in uh, in our house, you know, after I told them not to, yeah. is when they weren't getting along with e- each other, right? And then where they were actively seeking harm yeah. uh, with each other. Yeah. Siblings, it's going to happen. Yeah. Actually, there's one person who I ask. Actually, I told you their, I told you their name. Uh, my wife asked him, hey, tell me about when, how'd you handle your kids uh, fighting? And she looked at my wife and said, I don't think our kids ever fought with each other. <laughs> it was like, that's just not helpful. Right. Right? Right. So, uh, so apparently there's one person, uh, but everyone else, your kids are going to fight. But that would trigger something in me. I'm like, these are both, everything I love is right here in this moment. And they're working against each other. Yeah. There's anger yep. um, there, but you can't yell and things like, you know, throw things at them or, you know, beat them out of anger, but there can be consequences, you know? And so like, I remember when our kids were, uh, were over when, when they would have friends over, if they couldn't be nice to their siblings, we would take their ki- their friends home mm-hmm. and just say, you know what? Hey, you know, this child has just lost the right to play with you because First and foremost, he has to be a good brother or a good, they've got to be a good sister. And um, they're not doing that right now. And so this is, this is a kind of a bonus to get to be with you. You did nothing wrong, but they, sorry, they lost their privilege. And uh, we're going to, we talked about this and we told them if this ever happened, we're going to take them home. And so we just called the parents and say, hey, I'm bringing little Timmy back and um, he run him back over. And, and so, you know, you're just like, we're not, we're not going to pretend that this is okay. And I think in those moments, that that would be an example. Uh-huh. Um, there's lots of ways that could go wrong, but that that's triggered. So you know, this is not right. Yeah. That's 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 the uh, you're talking about the redeemed part of anger. Uh, that would be an example yep. uh, of that. So yeah, I know when I was a school teacher, I would get so frustrated because I I started teaching when I was 22, and I'm trying to manage these oh you know 17 and 18 year olds. So there's partly my ego, like I'm just a few years older than them. <laughs> And, but but the disrespect kind of a thing. Oh. And I just remember, you know, getting angry and giving them these looks and whatever. And then as I learned, we have a great vice principal who is serious about discipline. Uh-huh. All I have to do is stay calm, pull out a little <laughs> detention or referral and write it on there and just say, please go see Mr. Long. And then I carry yeah. on with my class. I mean, it took me a couple of years to, to stay calm. And, and yeah. again, part of it was my ego. So let's, here's what I want to end with. When you do get angry mm-hmm. and when you shouldn't have gotten angry with your kids. Yeah. What do you think? What's what's the best thing to do? Well, and I love the way you ask when you ask. Yeah. yeah. When, when you when ask it does when, when it is because it will yep. and it has. You just ask for forgiveness. Uh-huh. You know, and you just own your part. That's that's the Matthew seven three through five. They probably did something candidly, yeah. or oftentimes not always. They probably they could have done something that was uh, egregious. Um, but you say, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about your part yeah. later. That we will, but right now. I need to ask your forgiveness yeah. um, because you, however you do it, you mentioned Galatians 5, fruits of the spirit. And then you can say, hey, here's the deeds of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I was operating, this, this is all the bad side of the ledger. Yeah. I, that's what came out of me right now. It's not what a Christian does. And uh, I don't want to be on this side, um, you know, of the equation. And uh, I didn't set a good model for you. And uh, I'm really sorry, you know. And you can even ask them if they, with adults, uh, you, uh, the, the concept is called exploring the pain. It's like, hey, how'd that make you feel? Because mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to ask someone's forgiveness, you need to know what it was that, that it felt like, what it, um, uh, what that was like to be on the receiving end, yeah. you know, because otherwise you, you don't really understand what it was that you're asking them to give up their right uh, for retribution on mm-hmm. and give them talk and say, man, I would, I would feel that way if I were you. If you felt scared, I would feel that yeah. way. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Again, there's no excuse. We'll talk. We'll do this. We'll do this later. Yeah. But about your part, but my part, that was not okay. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm not going to say I'm sorry, 
I'm going to ask, ask you, will you please forgive me? Yeah. And when they do, you say, thank you so much. And um, yeah. that means that means a lot to me. And I'm really sorry. So, and that's yeah. so humbling. And I think that's where just and the temptation always is to say, but if you hadn't, you know, you, oh, to, let yeah. me tell you why you made totally. me mad. And that's nope. what you can't, no, no, you can't nope. shift that blame. Yeah. I, I've got, well, I've got one other thing, Chris. I've just, this is a pattern that I'm just, I'm just recognizing as I work with parents and leaders and things like that. The angriest people I know the people who struggle with anger the most, by and large, not always, but if I'm drawing a kind of a bell curve of distribution, uh, they came from homes where they saw their dad have angry outbursts. Uh-huh. And it was like, that's how they learned yeah. to cope with anger. And and I'm talking about, you know, really men that you and I respect and they're still on a journey uh, to unwind mm. some of that. And you, you really are, you know, you one of your cores is we disciple our kids. We, we own the discipleship. This is actually conflict, pain, disappointment. All those things are incredible opportunities to disciple your kids, not just when the Bible is open. Right. And, uh, and they're, they're watching and they were learning. And so will you blow it? You absolutely will. Yeah. But if you never say that, that's just kind of the way that, you know, give dad some space He'll come back to us. Yeah, yeah. We'll excuse it. He's a great. He's a great guy. Otherwise, right. no, that was sin, and it's never okay. And you're setting the tone yeah. in your home. You really are. Are, you, are your kids? Your kids feel safe. Do they feel secure? Would they want to come with you to you with a problem, or are they a little bit scared yeah. uh, of you? There, you set a tone, and you really do set an example, and including an example of how to come back from. Um, just your misses. Yep. And I just, I golly, Pam, and I ask for forgiveness so much. But see, um, that's, you know, yeah. that's so important, though, because yeah. going back to what we said at the beginning, my dad was a great dad, but but, but one of the things that would be awesome for the, your child to say is, but man, when he blew it, he always apologized. Yeah. Like, that is so powerful to say, like, I had such a humble dad. Like, he knew that he struggled. He knew he, my, my father-in-law always said, I'm not perfect, just real. Yeah. And he would, you know, own his mistakes and, and apologize. And uh, I think that speaks volumes. And it's, it's again, humbling to have to do that, to get down on your knee and look at your, like, the, I had to do this last week, I'm like eight-year-old, and just say, hey, listen, my tone, my, my, my words sounded really angry, and I was really loud, and that was wrong, and I yeah. need you to, you know, forgive me. And you don't want them to say, that's okay. Like, it's not okay. Like, yeah. that's why I'm apologizing, because it wasn't okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and this is a little bit more advanced when your kids are older. Like with your with your spouse, you can kind of have code words or signs. Uh, you can just do the literally, you can just do the timeout uh, kind of thing. You know, you can and uh, and so Pam and I, which we generally don't, but if we did, uh, I would trust the other person to go, "Hey, this is not headed in a great place," and so I'm going to empower you mm-hmm. to not just be a victim of my anger. You can jump in here and say, "Hey," er, and uh, and you could tell your kids, like, I I, I might do this. I mean, if, with my kids who are older and say, hey, if you feel like I'm really coming at you, I'm going to be uh, about to get angry, kind of a, a safe, here, here's what you do just to make it safe. And I, I will know to back down. I give you the permission to do that. And it could be, you know, I'm a, dad, I'm just going to touch you on the arm mm-hmm. and, uh, and I will, I will, I will promise you, I will stop in that moment. If I, if I struggled with anger, um, you can think about that, but yeah, that's, that's really, and, and Chris, I, you know, on a, on, and on a positive note, there's a, uh, there's a man here that I deeply respect, and he's got adult kids here now. And they talked about their dad's journey uh, with anger, hmm. and uh, and they said when we growing up, dad lost it a lot. And uh, as he was being transformed by Christ, uh, we watched him a own his stuff, mm-hmm. 
but then B, actually change his behavior. Yeah. They saw the whole thing net-net is positive and in a great example of what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus, not I'm scarred, I'm bitter, um, he was a terrible dad. They're like, no, we, we actually saw, we saw those fruits of the spirit that you're talking about. We saw those increase in my dad. Yeah. I, was, I was there. I had a front row seat. I believe in this Jesus and I really, really respect my dad. And I had a sense it was pretty rough uh, back in the mm-hmm. day, but they love him. They want to be with him. They want to be like him. Um, and he modeled for them uh, repentance. He modeled for them being under, under the control of the Holy Spirit. And it was net, net positive. And um, I, hope, I hope that's the case with my kids. And I think it's possible for all of us. Yeah. Have you heard, uh, you know, the book, uh, Every Moment Holy? Yeah, yeah. So one of the, I'll end with reading one of the ones. It's it. uh, for a moment, a liturgy for a moment of frustration with a child. So good. And so here's what it says. <laughs> Let me not react in this moment, O Lord, in the blindness of my own emotion. Rather, give me a fellow sinner wisdom to respond with grace, with a grace that would shepherd my child's heart towards your mercies, so equipping them for the hard labors of their own pilgrimage. And my favorite one there is just, Give me a, a fellow sinner. I need to remember I'm a fellow sinner. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a good reminder. Well, thanks, John. Um, thanks, as always, I just want to remind you dads, uh, faithful fathers passionately love Jesus, own the role of disciple maker, create a word centered home, and initiate faith conversations. And uh, we pray that this has been helpful, encouraging, and equipping a little bit for your week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.